Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And they are the chief supporter of this whole podcast. So let's give a special shout out to those guys. And you already know about their fire packs. You probably already know about all the other load bearing essentials that they make. But here's what something that you may or may not know. Guess what, guys and girls? The Backbone Series and the Backbone Scholarship Series is live. Yes, they are giving back to the community by having the opportunity to get a thousand dollar scholarship by contributing to the Backbone Series. That is pretty damn awesome. It is live. And uh, yeah, if you guys go over to www.mysteryranch.com, you can get a full list of the details. I'm super excited to be working with these guys on uh, the Backbone Series and the subsequent scholarship which is freaking awesome, but you have an opportunity to win one of these awesome scholarships. And I am very thankful for everybody who has participated in this. And if you're telling the story of wildland fire, well, submit your story over to mystery ranch. Once again, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. The anchor point podcast is also going to be brought to you by our latest and greatest sponsor. And that is going to be manscaped. Oh yeah. Your balls will thank you. So if you guys have a unruly bush that needs to uh, get a little bit of special attention this holiday season, well, look no further than www.manscaped.com. Yeah. 2020 is the year of well, basically a bunch of stuff that we uh, have no control over, but we can control what we can control is the lengths of our unruly bushes and manscaped is here to remind you to do just so. And speaking of which, guess what? It's a holiday season. If you need a last minute gift uh, for your significant other, well, look no further than manscaped. They have the perfect package. It comes with a lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. Upgraded. It's got a flashlight. It's got, it's waterproof. It's got the skin safe, skin safe technology built right into the blade so you can reduce those manscaping mishaps. It also comes with a sweet pair of breathable boxers, which are super comfortable. Comes with the crop reviver and the crop preserver and a sweet leather tote bag. So if you guys want to get your hands on some last minute gifts that may cause a laugh, but it's also very, uh, it's 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 very useful yeah yeah it's just you know manscaping is kind of one of those necessities at least i find it but if you want to get your hands on a last minute gift from manscaped go over to www.manscaped.com and at checkout enter the code anchor point all one word for 20 percent off plus free shipping and once again that is www.manscaped.com go check them out do your balls a favor the Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor, and that is going to be none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But in addition to kick-ass coffee for kick-ass causes, they have a ton of other stuff, like all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So if you need an AeroPress or a camp cup or one of those sweet handy dandy pour over systems, well, look no further than www.hotshotbrewing.com. And in addition to this, they have a ton of sweet ass wildland firefighting themed apparel. So if you guys want to go get your hands on a sweet t-shirt that helps represent the culture of wildland fire, well, look no further than Hotshot Brewing. And last minute holiday gifts. Oh yeah. They have a ton of seasonal Christmas themed wildland fire Christmas themed (laughs) apparel. I kind of trailed off there Uh, a bunch of apparel that is geared towards the holidays. So if you want to get your hands on some of that, well, you better not wait because 
stuff is running out. But in addition to this, they also support the Anchor Point Podcast by slinging our merch. So if you guys want to get one of your sweet Fire Fiend shirts or one of those sweet Bands of Brothers shirts, well, look no further than www.hotshopbrewing.com. Go check them out. The Anger Point Podcast would also like to give a quick little shout out to our buddy Booze over at the Fire Wild, also over at the Ass Movement. And if you guys don't know what the Ass Movement is, well, you're in luck because I'm going to lay down a line for you. I don't know if you've ever been uh, on our public lands and or fishing or hunting or hiking or camping or on the fire line and you've seen or come across a pile of human waste that's all nicely gift wrapped in toilet paper. It's disgusting and it needs to stop. But lucky for you, you can pass the word, bump that message of the tissue issue that is plaguing our public lands. So if you want to see this crap stop, (laughs) pun intended, well, you can go over to www.thefirewild and check out the ass movement. You can pick up a bunch of stickers, posters, Uh, They got magnets, they've got buttons, they've got patches, they've got it all to spread the message of anti-surface shitting. So if you guys want to go find out more, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement and check this out. Listeners to the show can get an exclusive discount. If you use the code anchorpointass10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. So once again, www.thefirewild. Go check out the ass movement and spread the good word of bearing your turds. And last but not least, the Anchor Point Podcast is proudly brought to you by the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience. Bethany has a kick, another kick-ass organization that's out there that is telling the story of wildland fire across the world now. It is pretty cool. It's a basically a digital archive, a collection of wildland firefighting stories from all over the world, dating all the way back to the 1940s. There's a collection over over 100 of them, and they are growing every day. So if you want a trip down memory lane, or if you want to get a little bit of uh, experience sharing through some of the leaders of our fire community, well, look no further than www.wildlandexperience.com. Let's try that again. www.wildfireexperience.org. It is cool. And they are doing another grant. Oh, yeah. So not only is uh, Mystery Ranch providing some grants, but also, as you've known, the OG here, uh, (laughs) the Smoky Generation, the OG, is doing grants as well. They're going to be opening up here for the 2021 season soon. So if you happen to be a writer, photographer, blogger, cinematographer, anybody who's telling the story of wildland fire, well, you have an opportunity to win one of these limited $500 grants. So go over to www.wildfireexperience.org and check it out. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization going on over there. Keep it up. Podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. So, 
fire season is done. Let's just call a spade a spade and it is over. But that doesn't mean that we can neglect our mental health, right? Or our emotional well-being or our metaphysical well-being. So today on the show, I've got a very special guest. He's actually uh, making his rounds in the fire community as a very effective source of conquering some demons and tricking your mind into optimal human performance because we both know, we all know that without the mind, the body doesn't exist. And without the body, the mind doesn't exist. So we're going to look at this thing as a whole and that mind body connection. And we're going to talk about ways to hack it and obtain your optimal human performance. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce my good friend, Thomas Worm. Welcome to the Anchor Point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got my good friend, Thomas Worm. He is all sorts of the expert in, what would you say, meta- metaphysical stuff? It's not necessarily yeah. like woo-woo. Yeah. It's more like good meditation shit, like like good stuff, good mind tricks. So what's going on, Definitely man? mind tricks. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you and, and just, you know, contribute to the community and, uh, just been on a detail all summer. And finally I left the floor service or, uh, the government, uh, last, last week. And I'm just going full throttle into my business of helping wildland firefighters with mental health. And, you know, I think, I think the best way I frame it is like leadership mindset, peak performance, and like, how do we get there? And, and like you said, bringing in some of the metaphysical or like full body, mind, body, spirit stuff into that. So it's, it's been a journey for sure. And I'm just so excited for, for what I'm doing now. Nice, man. Yeah, dude, it's kind of cool because we're uh, as far as like a society goes as like a culture, I guess you could say the wildland firefighter culture. We're kind of very skeptical about the like woo woo and the metaphysical and like yoga. We don't like to take new shit and like implement it into our lives and just try stuff. We're very stubborn in that regard. But I have been doing yoga for quite some time now. And I also practice meditation and some daily mindness things that I just, it just helps. So if it helps shit, man, why not try it? And that's what you're all about. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny when people are skeptical, uh, skeptical about what I do, because it's like, I've seen the results. I've seen the transformations in my clients and myself and my wife, like people around me, uh, people in class, like, it's just funny when, people are like, well, it's woo woo. Like, no, this is the breakthrough sessions, the MER, the mental emotional release, the NLP, that stuff is clinically studied to reduce or even eliminate anxiety, depression, PTSD, allergies. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's alternative therapy. That's for sure. It's, it's, it's holistic. It's alternative, but, uh, wow. It it changes the person a lot for the better. Oh yeah. And absolutely, man. And just to restate that fact that there is a lot of validity, validity in some of these things that you practice and you uh, do with your, your coaching, even some clinicians are using like the, uh, what, what is it? The rapid eye movement. Um, I forget what the term is for it, but they, they use these things in their, in the clinic, uh, clinical setting. So, right, right. So there's the EMDR, which that's is very is. popular with PTSD and that's, uh, you know, a long, long-term kind of treatment of, you know, maybe three months, six months to five years where this is more of like an eight hour treatment. I got you. So it's fast. Yeah. 
and uh, it's gone. Whatever is going on for you mentally, emotionally, it's, it's gone. And uh, you know, we can get into the mind body energy connection more, but there's, you know, you start getting into the medical field and, and a lot of, a lot of my co-students were medical doctors, doctors in psychology. And, you know, I just remember them like leaning over saying, I've been in school for eight years and this doesn't even compare to what I know as a doctor or what I know as a doctor psychologist. And so the medical point part of this is just, it's rewriting some scientific books actually, as far as cancer and those kinds of things, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole thing too, is like we have a very uh, definitive algorithm, if you will, as far as treating uh, mental health things. And just in that regard, by throwing pills at it, basically. But if you were to try some of these, these things that we consider woo woo or metaphysical or whatever, it might help. You might have to, you might not have to be medicated. Yeah, definitely. And I've had multiple clients drop their medications the next day. Um, and you know, I'm not a clinical practitioner. I'm not a clinical psychologist. So, so when medications come up, it's like, that's, that's their deal. That's their doctor, but they have chosen to I don't need it anymore. I don't need the anxiety medication. I don't need the antidepressants. It's just gone. Nice, man. Well, before we get into the episode, let's talk about a little bit about you, like your background. What are you all about, man? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, uh, I started, well, I'm third generation wildland firefighter. So my grandparents did it. My dad did it in California. Um, and I was in wildland fire for 14 years, you know, engines, hell attack fuels crew, uh, mostly in the Rockies, some Northwest time and, uh, region six, been up to Alaska, uh, for a season. And, uh, you know, sea faller, like engine boss, crew boss is kind of the level I got to. I see four trainee and, um, yeah, it's just been a wild ride. And, and kind of the journey for me that got me here is about five years ago, my engine captain passed away suddenly. And it was like, a, it just hit me so hard. It was like the biggest kick in the gut, like my whole life changed at that point. And, you know, we can go, we can go deeper into that story, but really everything changed for me. And I started getting severe anxiety, health problems, all sorts of stuff going on. And so it was a, my journey started with an acupuncturist and he got me into NLP. And from there, I just, just transformed so rapidly that, um, now I'm, you know, have a coaching business. I'm full time doing the breakthrough sessions, the wildland firefighters. I got trainings coming up with some crews. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Um, also write books, have my other, you know, have a podcast, sacred ancestry. Um, so just, just cruising at life compared to five years ago when I was just down, down in the dumps right after that event. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a, an amazing journey getting here. Nice man. And, uh, yeah. And you, like we were talking about earlier before we started rolling, you've been, you've been cruising around a lot. You've had a lot of experience on a, a lot of different crews, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's, there's a lot of value in that as uh, far as jumping around and experiencing the different flavors of fire, if you will. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, so our region six, mostly region four, region one, you know, detailed in region five. Um, and something, you know, that's so awesome about what I'm doing is that, um, all these NLP techniques that we're going to talk about in the breakthrough sessions, like 
I made sure I was like, okay, I'm learning this in the classroom, but you know what? I'm going to go field test this on myself in the field. And I'm going to create something for the community. Like, and we can talk about it more, but I have a specific strategy for um, cutting trees as a sea faller, you know, that involves breath work and building NLP anchors and, and visualizing and actually using these techniques to reach peak performance. And, and I think the frame that's missing from wildland fire is that we're super athletes. Like people, I don't know if wildland firefighters really understand, like, you know, I'm a fitness trainer and a sports nutritionist as well. So it's like, when I read those manuals, I started to realize like the wildland firefighter are, is, is superhuman. Like what we're doing is way beyond what, what we're understanding. And, and, uh, the peak performance is just, it's so cool. That's awesome, man. So it like, that's another thing too, is like that calm as a Hindu cow approach, especially when you're dumping a seat tree. I mean, I could imagine that's pretty damn critical. Yeah, definitely. You know, getting, um, you know, for me is more the evaluations. Like I would just get so nervous in the evaluations and I'd have such a hard time, um, getting my cuts perfect, like out in the field by myself with the crew, like, yeah, my cuts would be pretty all right. But the evaluators are just like, Oh my gosh. And, and the process I came up with, you know, is like a breath work or breathing technique, um, using an anchor for NLP, which is like, it's like a hundred memories of confidence, like in a button. So you just press a button and you're just right there. You're confident. Just um, turned and on then, basically. Yeah. Turned on, like ready to go. Then you visualize, like truly visualize exactly where that tree is going to go, how you're going to run your escape route, how you're going to do your cuts exactly. Right. And you start talking about like double boring back cuts and double face cuts and all that sea faller stuff. It's, it's critical that your cuts are like on point. Right. Yeah. It's a high risk situation. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, any, any minor detail. I mean, I'm a desert rat. This is coming from a strictly a desert rat perspective. I mean, I've only fallen. I've had my B task book open. That's like it. Otherwise it's cutting juniper, but with something as high risk as a C tree or a hazard tree, you know, you need to be really dialed in and understand what you're doing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, these techniques just take it to the whole next level of like really getting your size up, you know, using Olic and actually I built a whole hypnosis, which we can talk about more sports hypnosis is so amazing. Um, you know, people like Michael Jordan and uh, major athletes actually used like the whole team of bulls, uh, the basketball team, when Michael Jordan was there, the whole team used sports hypnosis. So this is not new. It's just not very well known. Um, so hypnosis for cutting trees is like, dude, the next level, right? Yeah. Well, that's another thing too, is that even Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was famous for this, like his trainer. Um, I forget what his name is, but yeah, he even used it on Mike Tyson. Right. Right. Yeah. So just these, these simple mindful techniques, you know, and, and, uh, that's the company, you know, mountain mind tricks is that we're taking these mental tricks, if you will, and putting them in the mountains for like these, these, super athletes that are wildland firefighters with a mental health component. That's like, obviously there's a gap there that we need to close. And that's, that's the mission, man. Oh, absolutely. But that kind of explains the power of the mind. And since you're the relative expert on the power of the mind, let's talk about that. Cause that's a huge thing. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing I took away from everything I've done so far, my training is, um, is, is when, you know, in class, when I was getting my master practitioner in NLP hypnosis and, and mental emotional release, the teacher is talking about how illnesses are like 95% psychological. And, and it took me a long time to like kind of 
chew on that and process that. But the more I thought about it and the more I've experienced, like thought of my experiences when I wasn't having a good, in a good place, like definitely like everything is psychological, everything. And there's, there's even a whole map of the body of what emotion is going on. And like, why are you having pain here? We can actually map that out. We can release it. Um, and so really the mind, it's so interesting how, how we form limiting beliefs as a normal person. But when you get in a wildland fire, it's just a whole nother level. And I can tell you a story of my first breakthrough session of, you know, before I had any work done on me with this, I had, you know, really bad anxiety. Like I said, like if I was 10 minutes early, I'd be sweating. Like I had anxiety, like, Oh my God, I'm late. Like I'm late. I'm late, late. And I think we can all relate to that and fire. Um, I also just had this like hyper vigilant feeling of like death was right around the corner. And I think a lot of people can in wildland fire can, can, you know, relate to that as well. And it was so interesting. What came up in my first breakthrough session was that, um, I was on this fire that was just going crazy every single day in, uh, Eastern Idaho on an engine. And actually my engine boss, I uh, was doing task force trainee. So we had a hot shot soup riding shotgun, just kind of doing task force stuff. And I was just in the back seat, and, uh, we we're driving up this Canyon and, uh, basically, um, you know, the fire slept over this Ridge that was, you know, on the other side of us. And next thing you know, like air attacks calling, you know, our engine number from the top of the engine, like you guys need to get out of there. Um, so we flipped around, we're kind of taking our time getting out of there. Cause it's a bad road and we get a flat tire oh, and no. it is like fire ripping at us, you know, and, you know, we got all the air support, just like putting stuff down on us. And I just remember like putting stuff on the fire that's coming at us. And, uh, hot shot soup is just screaming. Like I'm late. I can't believe I'm late for my briefing. I'm late. Like, and what was so interesting and that's an interesting thing, right? Yeah, why the hell is that going but, through your mind at that exact moment? Yeah. And so now in this breakthrough session, I realized that I think I'm going to die if I'm late and that I released it. I, now I can laugh at that. Like I'm not going to die if I'm five minutes late. Like that is silly, but I was walking around with that like subconscious belief. We can talk about subconscious and conscious mind, but that was running. That was my program that if I was late, I was going to die. And so when I released that, man, I am late all the time by a couple of minutes just because it feels so damn good now. It's like throwing it back <laughs> in the face of that, that past trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So awesome. And so, you know, there's those, those things that we experience in wildland fire, the subconscious mind is so literal that we're creating these little beliefs that we're walking around with these limiting beliefs that are it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all, but your subconscious mind is so literal that that's, that's the way it works. Well, that's a weird thing too, especially with trauma, like, uh, or high stress uh, events is your mind tends to do really crazy shit and focus on very minute, but somewhat significant. It makes significance out of the insignificant almost. It's like that you're saying is like, I'm late. I'm late for my briefing. It's like, no, you're about to die. You could be <laughs> in a very bad situation. Obviously you guys made it out. All right. Um, but yeah, th it's just so weird when you sprinkle a shit ton of stress on a situation, you remember like weird things. The mind does such weird things. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it really starts to embed itself in the body as well, because, you know, something uh, we can talk about more, but we have so much neurology in our body and that, uh, that it gets like, 
you know, we can talk about energy. We can talk about it in neurology. Like we can talk about it in science or more woo woo, whatever way you want to go, but it's stuck in your body. And so you get, start to have a pain in your knee because something happened emotionally on a fire or something happened when you're a child, like you, now you have knee pain or you keep needing knee surgeries. Like it's your body's telling you something. Um, and so with this work, we're actually, what's so amazing is that we're actually changing your neurology. Like we're actually changing your brain, um, and the way it fires. And, and it's so beautiful because sometimes people with these techniques, they just like, after it's done, they're like, they can't even remember what was wrong. It's just gone. Huh? Well, you mentioned something pretty interesting right there too. It's about uh, like random pains. I was talking to Dr. Anthony Harrell, who's been a two-time guest on the show. And, uh, he was saying like, yeah, uh, it's not, well, back pain, when it comes to the subject of back pain and other like little aches and all this other stuff, that 90% of it is actually bullshit. And it's not a physiological thing. It's like a more of a mental thing. It's a psychological thing. Not necessarily stating that it's like bullshit, like per se. There is something that needs to be healed or fixed, but it's 90% psychological. Right. And there's, um, you know, most common in wildland fires, the lower back pain, right. And that is, you start reading the emotion code and books that actually describe emotions tied to pain. And, uh, number one thing with that is financial stress. And huh. that is widespread across wildland fire. And when you hear that, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That and totally of course makes sense. we stress our bodies and you got all that going on, but it's, it's all, there's a lot of emotional stuff going on with our bodies that, uh, we can take care of. Well, that's the thing too, is like you have low wages. Uh, I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. You have low wages, you have a high stress environment, you have a ha very hazardous environment, and you're away from your loved ones and your friends and your family for damn near six to eight months out of the year. You get to what? See them for two days. And then it's like, oh yeah, well, time to go back out on the line for another two weeks or 21. Yeah. So it's totally understandable how all these things accumulate into manifesting into a physical sense. Right. Right. And I think, you know, the second, third year firefighters, like still in that mode of like, this is the best job ever. And, and I think we all think that too, but by year 10, I think most wildland firefighters are starting to feel the aches and pains, the emotional, the potentially PTSD stuff coming up, you know, relative to your career, if something really crazy happened. Right. And I think that's, that's the stigma is like, we don't have, we don't see dead bodies like the city guys. We don't, we're not veterans, you know? but that doesn't matter. Like we still have those little traumas, pretty much every operational shift. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, is we normalize human tragedy and because we're exposed to it so much. I mean, you see a fire rip through a subdivision. I mean, how many times do you have to see that until it becomes normalized? Is it once? Is it twice? Is it five times? It's like, how do you, what are, what are the long lasting effects of seeing that, you know, constantly, especially some of these fires that are heavily wooey fire on the West coast this year, 2020 is going to be hard, man. There's going to be a lot of uh, psychological fallout. I think that is going to happen from this year. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think along with COVID adding to that, just the psychological stress of 2020 is immense. And so it's so important, the work I'm doing and, and, and you know, the, the whole grassroots movement of trying to get this like recognized nationally, that there is a need for, for this kind of things, you know, and breaking that stigma is just so important because it's not just in our community, but really nationwide worldwide, the, the, the trauma this year is just unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy though, but you have a solution for this and it's the NLP. So now 
I'm a dumb caveman, so let's break it down <laughs> to caveman speak here. So what is NLP? So NLP, you know, really the it's it's neuro-linguistic programming. That sounds like so crazy, right? But uh started back in the 80s with a, a doctor of psychology and a computer programmer. And it's so interesting that they came together. And what they did is they modeled people that were like the best in the world at what they were doing. So the best hypnotherapists, the best um, family counselors, the best like successful on, entrepreneurs, and they just modeled like, what are they doing to be successful? What are they doing to be successful? That was the whole point. And so they got their processes, their structures, like step-by-step step, and they started noticing patterns. Um, and so the biggest thing is like, you know, we break it down. Neuro is, is your neurology, your brain, your nervous system, you know, your visual auditory kinesthetic, you know, your, how you feel things. Um, and linguistics is language and how that language actually changes your neurology or how you create pictures, sounds, feelings, taste with, with your words, you know, our words are so much more powerful than we give up, um, give them credit. Um, and the programming is more, it's, it sounds like a scary word, but it's not. The programming is more like an app. That's a, like a more updated way of saying it. It's like, there's an app that was installed when you were like zero to seven, we're very susceptible to suggestions and beliefs. And so from zero to seven, you're just getting uploaded with apps, your whole zero to seven. Um, and so these apps are just running and they don't really, maybe they serve you still, but maybe they don't, you know, like some people have an app that's like, I never want to get married because all we're going to do is fight and then we're going to get a divorce. Right. Cause that's yeah. what happened in their family. And so these apps are just running and they, they create our beliefs, our values, uh, our thoughts and feelings, and ultimately like who we are. And so it's like, we have this model of the world and the NLP. What's so amazing is that we, we find your model of the world as a practitioner. We see the patterns, we see the structure, we see how you do it. And then we start talking you through, we start breaking that apart with language first, like quantum linguistics. Um, and we start breaking that apart and loosening that model. And then the mental emotion release, the actual breakthrough session, we're actually changing that model. And so the best way I can explain it is like, it's going to the chiropractor for your mind. Like everything is shifted to a point that like, you're just not the same anymore. And in such a beautiful way, like all the trauma, the negative emotions, limiting beliefs are just gone. I gotcha. So it's like a huge app, but speaking of the world of apps, it's like you have these, all these apps running in the background, but they've never been updated. It's like you're running all these apps on an Android that was built in, I don't know, the late 2000s, the 2000s or something like that, mid 2000s. And now you have a chance to like organize them, find them that's cluttering up all this space in your head and then delete the things. Absolutely. So, so yeah, you're getting this huge upgrade and you're, you're deleting you're you know, defragmenting. That's even a better word for we've all done that in our computers. We're getting everything organized and, and releasing what we don't want. And the next steps is really taking action. And we actually put uh, we know we write out a goal in the breakthrough session and we actually put that goal in your future. We actually drop that goal into your future timeline. And so it's like pulling at you subconsciously. Um, and so the most important part about all this is like taking steps every single day towards this goal that we write out together that you have, that's all yours, your action plans of like, how are you going to change your life? How are you going to be better? And you know, how this applies is really, how are you going to get like peak performance or how are you going to deal with your mental health and wildland fire? Like, what do you want? What does the firefighter want and how are we going to get there? And it's totally up to them. That's like, that's the last step. And it can be, you know, made some people, Honestly, I could see some breakthrough sessions, people walking out like I'm, I'm quitting fire right now. 
like that's possible. That's how big, like sometimes these breakthroughs are. Well, that's a huge thing too. I mean, that's, well, it, it's not new. This, this whole concept is not new by any means. I mean, there's a lot of psychologists and people out there, uh, that are very driven, like life coaches and et cetera. You know, they, they are huge proponents of creating what's called goal boards, right? So you're, you write something down, you post it on a phone board or something like that. And this is a very simplistic way of looking at it. But if you see it every day, it's going to change your subconscious into being more driven towards achieving that goal. And it's basically throwing your fatalistic ideals away. If you're just running on autopilot and you're actually setting and controlling your own destiny, essentially. Right. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's definitely part of this, but the putting the picture into the future timeline is so powerful because it's like you said, you've now you've got apps running right now that are pulling you like your subconscious mind actually thinks that you've already achieved that. So you're just going to start, you're just going to do it. And uh, that's, what's, it's just so powerful when you start changing the subconscious mind, because it's, it really is the sole driver, you know, and it's the classic example is like weight loss, you know, and, and, and somebody that's like, uh, or quitting drinking, that might be a better one for wildland firefighters is like, you know, like I really want to quit drinking today. And you're like kind of around the house. Maybe it's like two or three, like six o'clock. And you're like, I really want to quit drinking as you're like opening the fridge and popping open a beer. Like that's because the subconscious mind is so it's so entrenched in this. Like I got to have a beer to feel safe. I have to have a beer to like calm these, whatever's happening emotionally. And it's like, your conscious mind wants to quit, but your subconscious mind is in, in control. So that brings up a very good point too. It's like the whole self-medication thing and that autopilot. I mean, a lot of these techniques that you, you use and have had testimonials proving they are working. Like, what does that mean for us? I mean, that means that we can conquer all these demons that we have and that you are in control of this, right? At the end of the day, if you just know how to utilize that, I guess. Absolutely. So it's, you know, for, for my clients, it's, it's a life transformation that's lifelong. And a lot of these things are, are changed completely for them. And it's, it's empowering to know that you can change your state of being like you're feeling angry right now. Like you can change that right now with NLP. Like, um, sometimes there's secondary gain. We want to feel that anger for a little bit longer, but we can change it when we want to. Um, the biggest thing is, is I think with the wildland firefighters is that, to be sustainable in a career for 20, you know, 25 years, whatever it is, like having a breakthrough session every five to 10 years might be key to, uh, prevention of PTSD. And this is just my, my thoughts on this, um, you know, really like taking out those, the, the trauma and the, the limiting beliefs that come up from, from the, the hard things that happen on wildland fire assignments. Um, so to me, it's like a prevention and also just a life transformation way to just like be a whole person. That's what this really does is it brings everything back to being whole and you feel like you did 10 years ago or 20 years ago. That's yeah. That's incredible, man. I mean, but that's, it kind of, it, I mean, it, what do you think is like the most critical component of it? Is it the mindfulness? Is it the NLP? Is it the homo- hypnosis? I and mean, do they all kind of play into changing those background apps and running your life the way you want them to, instead of being an autopilot? I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah. So for me, the, the breakthrough session and specifically the mental emotional release technique, which is some people might hear it called timeline therapy. Um, so the timeline therapy and mental emotional release is absolutely 
the biggest key to all of this is that it, it releases everything um, that we're working on. And, and, you know, we focus on a breakthrough session. It's in an area of life. So it'd be like relationships, family, career, spirituality, like physical health, um, personal development. Those are the six kind of areas. So in a breakthrough session, we would focus on that area and just hammer all of it out. Like it's huge. Um, but the main thing is the mental emotional release or MERs is the, the abbreviation, but the, the MER just is in that portion is really only 20 to 30 minutes and everything's gone in, in such a good way. I bet it feels like days or hours, <laughs> hours or days rather. Yeah. The breakthrough session all, all the way around is, you know, eight hours of this stuff. And a lot of times we break it up into two. So four hours, one day, four hours, the next. And it's, uh, it, it's a lot, it, especially for the client. It's, you know, because you're, you're faced with like everything that you've never wanted to deal with. You're, you're going to face it right now and you're, you're, you're going to release it, but it's like right before the actual release, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. It can be hard. You know, what's kind of, kind of crazy. I don't know why this, this kind of like popped into my mind, but it sounds a lot like an ayahuasca trip. Yeah. You know, without the um, drugs, <laughs> it's, it's actually very similar as far as you're, you're blowing out a lot of neurology. Yeah. I could see how that's, um, it is actually very similar in the way that how life transforming psychedelics can be. This is, this is potentially similar in that way, but it's not, it's more like a meditation. There's nothing, you're not going to see anything crazy. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is you have amazing dreams the night after. So I, I've actually noticed that I've had a lot of people tell me that they don't dream in wildland fire or they do. Yeah, and it's like fucked up dreams. Right. And that's, uh, that's so interesting, you know, and I think it's, to me, that sounds like being closed off to what you want to see you know, and being closed off to, um, because you're scared to see, you know, and it may be trauma based. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. Is this a kind of commonality with people that I've like talked to just like, Oh yeah. They're like, I'd be like, I had this in passing. I'll be like, Oh yeah. I had this crazy dream last night. It's like super vivid in color and everything. And they're like, they're like, only dream in black and white or I don't dream or whenever I do dream, it's like super fucked up. So I wonder if that, yeah, that's, that's weird. Just wanted to get your opinion on that one. Yeah. That's so interesting. The, the no dreams. I, I do think it's trauma based, some sort of, of, um, being in, in denial of, or being, I think it, there's a like breaking the stigma. We see that a lot in, in, um, what I'm doing. And I think there's a stigma of anything that's not physical, then it's not real. And, you know, so those dreams are like pushed away. Right. Cause that's when our subconscious mind is talking to us the most is that, uh, that dream time. Huh? So, I mean, you, you just mentioned like this, this amazing sleep that you typically your clients often have when they do a breakthrough, a breakthrough session. Geez, I cannot talk today. <laughs> breakthrough session with you. Do you think that we have some sort of performance detriment there as far as sleep goes? Like, do you think this is like just a manifestation of getting all this shit off your chest? You haven't been sleeping well for X amount of months. And now you do this stuff, get all this crap off your chest. And now you can sleep like a baby. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you from personal experience, I had insomnia through my health challenges really bad. And uh, I was getting a lot better and better. But as soon as I did um, my first breakthrough session, it was I've never slept like that for 20 years. And I've been sleeping like that ever since. I mean, just no problems. I could actually start drinking coffee again and still sleep perfectly. So it's, it's uh, a lot of it is trauma based. Like if there's a problem with sleep, then there's definitely something going on mentally, emotionally. Hmm. Whether it be finances, trauma, insert any mental problem, any any anxiety here that's going to affect right, sleep right. Yeah, and speaking of anxiety, there's there's a technique we do it um, where we go out into the future and we just blow out the anxiety. I mean, you'll just be laughing at what you have anxiety about almost instantly. So this stuff, as far as anxiety, depression, even PTSD, like that stuff's gone. Like, and, uh, you know, I, I generally don't work with really hardcore PTSD cause I'm not a medical doctor, but, uh, they're the way this has worked for the medical professionals and the mental emotional release stuff is it's the PTSD is gone. Hmm. Now that brings up a, uh, a good question. Do you offer like referrals? Like, do you know some good mental health cl- clinicians that can help these people with the problems that you may have struggles with? Yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, the way it works. You know, if there's medications or severe trauma, like PTSD actually happening, you know, I could work with that, but I'm going to need a lot of paperwork referrals. And I may even need that clinician in the room for me to do the breakthrough. So it's just easier. Um, you know, there's thousands of master practitioners like me from the program that I went through. And so a lot of my close friends are clinical um, psychologists that are master practitioners as well. So it's just easier to like, you know what, they're going to serve you so much better than me because they understand the medications. They understand the, um, the trauma in a clinical sense. And so, um, you know, anxiety, depression, those things, you know, I can't say that it cures it. I can't say that, but it does release that. And, and that is stuff I'm I always work with. So um, that that's generally what I like to do is refer out that hardcore stuff. I gotcha. And now you mentioned something there too, is like, this is not a one-stop shop. You need to keep doing this stuff and keep your mind fresh. Like what would you, you said every five to 10 years doing one of these breakthrough sessions? So, you know, I actually asked my teacher about this, you know, Dr. Matt James, um, and shout out to the empowerment partnership, amazing program. Um, so when I asked Dr. Matt about that, he said, basically your breakthrough session, everything in the past is gone. Like that's dealt with it's released, not coming back, not even a chance. Um, but then you put somebody back into a wild and fire environment. Now you're, you're adding on trauma again, you're adding on all that stuff again. And so, yeah, you know, every five to 10 years, and this is just kind of our, our discussion about it is that, yeah, maybe that would be beneficial to do every five to 10 years because you're, you're just adding on that trauma that wasn't there. So would you recommend it maybe even yearly? I personally think, um, you know, uh, I don't know about a year. I think you could do breakthrough sessions for a different part of life, like a different section of life the next year, but it's like, my first breakthrough session was a year ago and it's just like, I don't even think I would need that, you know? And, and honestly, some of the case studies with, um, there was a major one in Jamaica, um, with really troubled teens going from, you know, gang life to all of a sudden they're going to college and like their life is transformed like forever. Um, And so it's hard to say, I don't think yearly. Yeah. 
Okay. So how does the mindfulness thing play into all of this? I know mindfulness is a very uh, large portion. I've been trying to, you know, I'm not the greatest at it or anything like that, but I try and practice mindfulness quite often. What would you say as far as the mindful mindfulness aspect of this? Yeah. So the breakthrough session is, you know, the, there's four, there's four steps. There's the big breakthrough stuff. Then there's getting like your outcome, your goal, like really clear and then the next two steps is taking action and having focus. And that's like on the firefighter, on the client, they've got to do that work. I can't do that for them. And so the biggest thing is, is getting that focus. And also, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of mind, body, energy connection that, you know, you start talking about Reiki or Huna or other energy systems. Like that's a whole nother level of healing that is in conjunction with this. That's possible, but just the meditation meditation will take your focus to a whole new level. Um, and when you start working with energy, um, you know, I do have a, a mentor that's a shaman, like I do do shamanic work. Um, and so when we start adding in some shamanic meditation, energy work with this, it's just, you know, what I can say is that there's four bodies. There's the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual body. And really we, to really like be, have integrative health, we got to work on all four. And so that mindfulness is really your mental and spiritual body, which is kind of the highest level. I gotcha. And that's another thing too, is like, it's, I've, I've talked to a lot of like clinicians and now you're yourself. And they're saying that this thing is like a constant struggle. Like it, it's not, it's not up to the clinician or someone in your position with the NLP. It's not in your, it's not your job to fix it because it takes more of a part on the client than it does on the clinician or the NLP. Right. Yeah. That's what's, I would say the biggest difference between therapy and this is that, um, the biggest thing is that I'm, I'm helping the client remember how to do this. It is so natural and I'm guiding them. And so it's a much more of a doing with situation than, you know, a therapist that is doing it to you. Maybe that that's kind of the, maybe not the mindset of the therapist, but I think a lot of people go to the therapist thinking, yeah, they're going to fix me. It's like, no, you're going to fix yourself with me and I'm going to guide you how to do that. And I'll show you the tools. You put it into way better words than I could have. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so now what about the hypnosis component of it? Cause I've always been fascinated by it, but I've never done hypnosis. So what's that like? Yeah. So hypnosis is so amazing. And, and, um, I was a hypnosis practitioner before my master prac, but in master practitioner, we actually did a full, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, catatonic state. And we did a, um, that may not be the right word. Don't quote me, but, um, basically they put us in a plank to the point where we were so straight in like hypnosis and a trance that they laid us on like two chairs. Like our head was on the chair and our feet were on a chair. And we're just like planking like straight. <laughs> and it felt when I was in that trance, it was like, so it was like, this is the easiest thing in the world. And then you watch the video of yourself and you're like, Oh my God, I was so rigid and tight. Um, but what's so amazing about the hypnosis and it, and that opens up a whole nother realm of stuff, but the hypnosis is, it's so natural. It's like meditation, but with a direction. And so the, it's really all about language and getting that person just to go into a trance. That's so natural and easy that you just find yourself, you know, thinking that like noticing that your feet are touching the ground, that your hands are, um, touching your body and that you just go slowly into this trance where now I can start talking to your subconscious mind 
and we can agree upon these suggestions where I can tell you that, um, you know, you're going to be successful in this area. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that you deserve love. We're going to blow out those limiting beliefs by telling you the opposite of the limiting things. Right. Yeah. And so those hypnotic suggestions go straight to the subconscious mind. And so when you come out of the hypnosis, it's like, you're going to remember what was said, but it was kind of like a, it's kind of like a dream state. That's really what it feels like you're in a dream. And, uh, and you'll just notice like the biggest one for weight loss is, um, when you're, we're sitting, sitting on a chair, right. You're, and you put your back against the chair and, a uh, post agnostic suggestion would be to turn up your metabolism. And what's so interesting about this is that when you put your back on the back of the chair, like your metabolism is going to go up like for real. Um, and so there's a lot of also like pendulum work that's possible with hypnosis that is really powerful, you know, as far as turning up your immune system, turning up your meta uh, metabolic, you know, system or turning up your healing process. Like, Oh, you broke a leg. Well, we can actually hypnotize you to, uh, heal faster. And the biggest, like actual, like on the ground, like situation that I can speak to is like, um, you know, not personally, but in world war one in the front lines, they ran out of anesthesia, like a hundred percent. So they used hypnosis on the field, like operation and emergency rooms and all that. And they got better results. People were healing faster. People didn't feel the surgeries at all, like amputations. They didn't feel it. So it's that, it's that powerful. Well, like you said, man, the mind is very powerful and to even be able to put yourself into a crazy mind state enough to where you could maybe basically not notice an amputation going on while you're fully conscious. Well, I guess consciousness is that's, that's uh, another realm, I guess you could say, but yeah, it did not notice this. That's extremely powerful stuff. And I will say that the only, I mean, obviously I haven't had an amputation of course, well <laughs> with no anesthesia, but the only minds closest I've gotten to that mind state uh, that you're referring to that translate state is when I did a float tank I did it for the first time. And it was like, Holy shit, this is amazing. Yes. I love float tanks. I try and go as much as I can. And, um, you know, the dream is to have my own float tank eventually, but, uh, you know, I, I haven't gone in a while just cause of COVID stuff, but as soon as like that comes down, cause Montana is going crazy right now. Um, I'll be back in the float tank and oh my gosh, you're right. I mean, the first time it can be for people that aren't like super open, it can be a very psychedelic experience actually. Um, so it's, it's, uh, the float tanks is, is amazing. And you're getting into that. You're, you're going into a natural trance for sure. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy for me. Like I was very skeptical. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of more of like the science kind of skeptic kind of person. I kind of question everything and, uh, probably gets my ass in a crack a lot of times, but eh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, when I first went into that float tank, I was like, how long have I been here? I'm like, forget about it. And I've probably been there for like, I don't know, five minutes when all the lights and everything shut off, you know? And then I started like literally hallucinating. I was seeing like geometric patterns and then that went away. And then I got into this weird kind of flow state where I was just like there. That was the only thing that I could focus on because there's no external input to your brain. So all you can feel is floating. It's the same temperature water as your body. It, there's no sound. There's nothing. It's, it's crazy. Oh, it's so powerful. Cause that's really like, that is, you know, I, what I can say is that that's the shamanic realm. You're, you're there. You can do so much work there on your spiritual body and your, your energy body and all sorts of things. But it's, it's, um, 
so powerful just to turn off everything for an hour. And it's like, when you get out, maybe you experience this too, but it's like everything you see is like an HD. It's like a reset. You're like, Whoa, everything's so much clearer. Like I feel like lighter. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I didn't do anything before I went in there. You know, I didn't do any drugs or anything, of course. Um, but I went in there and I started hallucinating (laughs) <laughs> it's in <Yeah>. colors <laughs> and geometric patterns. And then that shit finally went away. And then I was able to get into a state where I was able to think with the utmost clarity that I've ever thought before, like ever. Yeah. And this is so interesting. I think that ties into, um, you know, during my healing journey, kind of in the beginning, I had a major awakening experience and I've always thought, you know what, I think seriously, that was a natural DMT experience. I wasn't on anything at all either. Um, I was really deep in meditation, like two to three hours. And I just asked out loud, I was like, can you please open my third eye so I can see the universe? And it was just like, bam, I was launched out of my body into, um, something really crazy. And, you know, I actually write about that in, in Awakened by Heartfire and, um, in my book and it's, it's unbelievable. The, I think what science has to say and what the ancient mystics had to say about, you know, you get into quantum mechanics and sacred geometry and all those things. It's, it's amazing how we don't really understand consciousness very well yet. Well, it's perceived differently by everybody. So it's, there's no congruency there. There's nothing that's uniform everybody's experience is different. So of course we don't know shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So one question, I mean, this is a a total whole body wellness thing. So, I mean, obviously what you put into your body is going to be very important as to what you put out as far as performance wise. So how does nutrition play into all this thing? Yeah. So that was a big driver for me um, as for getting my sports nutritionist and fitness training certificate and all that work I did. Um, and the biggest thing is that nutrition is going to play into, um, you know, how you're thinking, how, how you're feeling. Actually, some people have major, uh, reactions like emotionally and mentally to foods and they might not even realize it. Um, you know, what toxins are you putting in your body? Like how much buildup of toxins are in your body from, while in firefighting, I mean, nobody really knows that yet. Right. Um, and so yeah, nobody really knows how many toxins we have. I don't think it's that bad, but we need a detox every winter. Like we need special herbs to be working with those toxins. Um, but the food is so critical because the food, the way I see it, I mean, we can look at it more of a science context as well, but I think the food has energy or a vibration and it's affecting you like your whole body. And so you know, we talk about gratitude and love and like praying and I'm not religious at all, but like having that intention with your food is like the whole next level. And that's, um, so important, you know, and the other thing is the supplements. Like I'm a firm believer in, in, in supplements, but we have to be very careful in supplements because they need to be, I, I only have three brands that I'll ever talk about. Cause everything else is just junk. Like seriously, it's just, it's probably toxic for you, you have to be really careful with supplements. So what, uh, what kind of supplements would you recommend? Um, the biggest companies is like on it, you know, Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, um, they're actually, I've had them looked at by my holistic practitioner that, um, you know, is my healer, but also kind of somebody, I would call him kind of like my medical director. I go to him for questions on medical stuff. And he was like, yeah, everything in on it. I've looked at, like, it's like, 
like a 90%. Like it's pretty dang good. Um, the other one is host defense, Paul Stamens, mm-hmm. any sort of his mushroom, um, supplements are phenomenal. I mean, they are like, they're going to change the world. hundred percent. That man is, is probably the most important person in the world right now. Side note, um, side note, did you watch his documentary? Yes. Dude, that yes. was wild. That was cool. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Very amazing. Love him. And, uh, the other one is pure. So pure is kind of hard to get. You kind of, you, you can order online, but I highly recommend going through like a acupuncturist or herbal doctor or somebody that's a practitioner. Um, and that pure company is like a pharmaceutical grade supplement. So it's super expensive, but it is like, I can tell you from, that's what I take every day is the pure brand and all three of those brands really, um, and so it's, it's just a whole nother level that pure it's, it's pharmaceutical grade and tested at a whole nother level. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, definitely with the on it too. Um, I've actually, this is the, I'm not taking a paycheck for these guys from advertisement by any means. Uh, but I do fuck with alpha brain a lot. So I definitely take the alpha brain. Yeah. And I asked my, my, um, my healer about alpha brains, like this stuff is all it is, is like, it's kind of like a fish oil. It's just a, like a, uh, a fatty acid fat. That's all it is. And he's like, this stuff is great. Like I, yeah, I want some, like, that's awesome. Like alpha brain is amazing. Yeah, dude. I, I definitely appreciate it, man. It's, I get the, uh, instant though. I don't do the pills. That's uh-huh, usually very do. nice. So I, I don't know. I just get it over with. Cause it tastes, it does taste like shit. I'm not going to lie there. But <laughs> it works. It's like, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. I guess you could compare it to like Adderall, but it's not a drug. It's like right. nature's it Adderall. Has that, yeah. It has that feeling of like, you're amped up. Like I drank like a couple cups of coffee, but it's more like, I'm so focused that if there's no jitters, there's no nothing. It's just dude. Alpha brain is amazing. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, if you're listening, <laughs> sponsor our podcast. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just kidding, man. But no, that's a good thing though. I mean, if you were to take a reductionist view as um, far as nutrition goes, I mean, how would you just break it down to its simplest form? Um, to me, I think the, especially while in fire context is like, we need to have the right amounts of like our carbs, fats, proteins, like that's for sure. But we also need to really focus on the micronutrients and are we actually getting, you know, all the, the vitamins and minerals. And I can't list them all cause there's a million of them, you know, like our B complex and our zinc and, and vitamin D. And I can tell you right now, like a zinc vitamin D and vitamin C, like those three things are so critical because of COVID that it's like, if you're not doing that stuff, then like you're, you're putting yourself at risk. Like you really need to be maxed of vitamin D and probably over like a max dose of vitamin C every day and, and zinc as well. So, um, we really need to focus on those, those micronutrients as well. And, and I can tell you in the wildland fire, like lunches and everything, all they're focusing on is carbs, fat, protein. That's it. Yeah. And so you're getting candy and it's like, it's total junk. And, um, so that needs to change because we're, we're athletes and we're athletes. We need to be treated like them. And, and, uh, the nutrition is just not there. And I think the MREs are probably a hundred times better than anything we get in, in fire camp generally, except for like maybe once in a while, a good dinner, but those fire lunches are just killing us literally. Oh yeah, man. And that's, that's a bold statement to make saying that a MRE potentially has more nutritional value than a fire lunch, which I'm going to agree with you because <laughs> those things are garbage. <laughs> I mean, I love the Snickers. Don't get me wrong, but man, yeah. it's rough on your body. Yeah, it is. It is super rough on your body. And that's, it's, we're, we're subjected to this punishment constantly and we're kind of gluttons for this punishment, but 
with a few simple things. Well, it may not be simple. It might take a while to master these things, but with a few simple things, you could overcome all the bullshit that you incur in your life. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I have like a couple people in my career that I remember so specifically, like the worst, the fire assignment, the steeper, the ground, the worse, the fire, like firing operation, like the harder it got, they would just excel. Like the whole crew would be falling apart, but like that one person's just like the happiest, like they're getting happier because everybody else is suffering. And it's like, man, that's the mindset I want. Like, I want that. Like, what is that person doing? And, and it's so, it's so mental Man, we can, and this is where the NLP gets so interesting is that whatever we believe is going to be true. And we can talk about placebo a lot, but the beliefs is so amazing. Like the whole, like, I'll tell you an example, like, um, like believing that like the whole labels on our nicotine stuff, like chew and cigarettes, like that label that is telling you it's giving you cancer. It's honestly, to me, the chemicals are bad and all that, but that wording is a hundred times worse than the actual chemicals. Like that's how strong your beliefs are. Like you just read that and now you're smoking or chewing. Um, so like scratch that shit out, put love on your tin can, like, dude, that's going to change the whole energy of, of, um, we can change that. We can actually change that with our beliefs. And, um, there's people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you are familiar with him, his whole story of, I'll just say it very quickly, but basically he was in a, he got hit by a car on his bike, right? Just spine shattered. The doctors were like, uh, basically we have to put a rod down your entire spine so you can walk again. And, uh, Dr. Joe was like, no way no way am I doing that. Um, and so he just, uh, he sat in his bed for six weeks and visualized putting every single piece of bone back together in his back. And he straight up walked out of that, out of that hospital in six weeks. So we can do things with our mind and our beliefs that it's, um, it, it makes science fall on its face. And, and I'm not saying science is wrong. I'm just saying that we can, we can do things that's not really scientifically proved yet. Huh? I like it, man. I mean, yeah, the whole like nicotine thing. I'm not advocating for someone, you know, picking up a can and starting because it's a horrible mm-hmm. habit. Don't get me wrong, but absolutely. And it does have, I mean, scientifically, from a scientific standpoint, it does have, you know, cancerous properties. But then again, so does wildland fire smoke. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, man, your mind is very powerful. And, uh, I do know, uh, I actually, one of my really good friends, uh, in Las Vegas, he's an athletic trainer. I don't want to give away too many details, but he, uh, trains boxers, professional boxers down at, uh, UNLV. Right. And there has been some injuries and he kind of referred one of his professional athletes to someone much like yourself, uh, down in Vegas. And he was back at it. Just like six weeks later, he was just on top of his game and he went on to his next fight and won that fight in, I believe like two fourteen or something like that in the first round. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, there's, it's for all the people that are thinking that this is woo woo bullshit, try it out. I mean, I mean, it's, it's obviously effective to some degree or else people wouldn't be doing it. Well, so what's so amazing is really famous people that you know of that you've heard of that are like that used NLP to get where they were people like Barack Obama, Oprah Winfrey, um, Tony Robbins. Like there's, there's a whole list of people that have used NLP to become successful. Like 
the most successful people in the world, they use NLP. The most successful athletes in the world, Michael Jordan, uh, Mike Tyson, like you said, like there's multiple people like that. They use NLP, hypnosis, whatever it is. So this, it's it's just funny to me when people are are skeptical about this because it's in my mind, I'm so convinced I believe it. And I know it works because I've seen it in not just myself, but like I said earlier, like everybody around me, it's just, it's affecting everybody like in, in the same way, this is real. Yeah. And that's the thing too. I think a lot of people out there that are in your shoes with the NLP, uh, as a practitioner, master practitioner, you guys, it's like, it's like going to a rental car. Do you want the jalopy and you just want to go on cruise control or do you want the keys to the Ferrari? And that's where you come in. You're the key holder, but you still have to drive that car, right? And that's a really fucking stupid analogy. But <laughs> there it is. You know, it's like, yeah, you have the opportunity to drive the Ferrari, but you got to get the keys first. Right, right. And and the keys are just the tools. Like, and remembering that you are like, whatever you think you are, you are so much more than that, man. I promise. And that's, that's the key. Oh, absolutely. And this, that's another thing too. It's like that, that whole total body performance and total body wellness, right? There's, three components basically to it. There's the mental, which is your realm. There's the physical and then there's the nutritional side, right? Mm-hmm. Like- yes, definitely. And I would say, um, you know, really it's, it's in, in my view, it's, it's physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And, and I think one of the things to like, kind of like paint this picture a little better that, that I've been working on is like integrative leadership is, is a class I'm going to be providing for wildland firefighters. And it's, you know, there is a group breakthrough session that happens in that class. There is a lot of leadership mindset peak performance, but one of the main things that I took away and, and in my wake and my heart fire book, I talk about this, but you've always heard like, go fight fire with your gut. Like you've heard of IC say that that's so common. Like we believe in that most wildland firefighters like, yeah, I got a gut feeling. We should probably do something else. Well, let's talk about like heart math and like our heart center and actually like integrate our heart as in, am I, you know, am I talking about human factors? Am I being compassionate and loving and like the decisions I'm making? And let's also align with our logical mind, our actual brain. And is this a logical like strategy, tactics, operational things? And when we get all those aligned, the gut, the heart and the mind, it's so powerful. You're actually making decisions on a whole nother level. And, and I'm not just being woo woo here. Like scientifically it's proven there's more neurology in your gut than your brain. There is more neurology in your heart center than your brain. And your brain actually has the least amount of neurology in your body. So that is a big statement. That is insane that there's actually, there's three brains in your body. And when we actually integrate them and start using them in a way that is congruent, it's a whole nother level of leadership. Yeah. I mean, how many times in the field have you been out there and you're like earlier in the day before some shit hits the fan, how many times have you been like, yeah, I got just bad feeling about this. I mean, I've been in that situation before. Absolutely. Like I've had so many times where I'm out spiked out in this nice meadow and I have this dream, like the whole, the whole meadow burns up. I'm just like, Oh shit. Next day meadow burns up. Like I've had that happen to me so many times. And it's like, that's, you know, I I'm a little more open than most wildland firefighters, but we have this potential to actually tap into those kind of like human potentials of, of gut feelings and intuition in your heart and, and your mind. Like that is, that is real. Well, that's the thing though, is like that whole open mindedness by open mindedness thing and practicing open mindedness. I think that's kind of one of those critical things is to, as, as far as identifying these gut feelings, using air quotes here, 
but yeah, I think you need to be open to that and practice open-mindedness and kind of expect the unexpected. Maybe I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just a gut feeling. You don't really know how to explain it, but being open to that. I mean, what would you say about that? You know, for me, my openness, if we go one from 10, 10 being really open, I would say I'm like a 10. Um, and you know, for when I'm out in the woods, it's more like I'm communicating with the trees and mycelium and the red tail hawk. And like, I'm in this total spiritual realm and I'm actually also making like decisions that are logically based. And I'm also tapping into the ground, into my gut feeling of like, what, like, what can I see that's, that I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have this feeling. Right. And so that's like really open, right. I'm super open. I think most wildland firefighters are probably more like a two or three. Right. And so the more open-mindedness, like, honestly, the thing that's going to blow that out is probably psychedelics. Right. But it's more about meditation and really tapping into like who you are as a person, what your purpose is, like your heart center. That's so much more important. You know, that's a funny thing too, though, is like that open-mindedness and it's, I guess I've noticed, maybe I kind of just put this together too, um, but I've kind of just realized this, but I've noticed a lot of outdoors men and women, they tend to be a lot more open-minded as far as like, take my, my father, for example, uh, he's an avid bow hunter. He just loves bow hunting. That's his thing. Um, I've never seen a dude... or any person for that matter, be so in tune with their, uh, in this like flow state with their environment when he's out bow hunting and I'd be out there with them. I'd be scouting or something like that with him. And be like, yeah, we should go over there. These elk are going to be bedded down over there. Let's go check it out. And he's like, no, man, no, the breeze is going this way. There's no birds over there. So there's something else over there. I think they're over here. He's very hyper aware of his surroundings and the environment. And I think that's one of those things that it's, it's open-mindedness in a sense but he's also trusting his gut. And I think that outdoors, like a lot of outdoors men and women share that kind of personality trait, if you will. Absolutely. And this is totally comes from, you know, my shamanic mentor of like, you know, we go hunting a lot together and it's like, you need to listen to the birds and listen to the, the, uh, chipmunks and like, what are the alarms going off? Like what's happening in the forest? That's like telling the whole big picture, not just around you, but like within the next like 500 yards or whatever it is. Um, it's so important to be, I call that like it's situational awareness at a whole nother level. Like you can, you can tap into that stuff. And, and to me, it's, it's like, we've been blessed with carrying fire for a millennia. I mean, this is an ancient, ancient thing from the native American times. We have been carrying fire around the planet. That is one of our purposes as a human being on the, on, on earth, I think. And so this relationship with fire as well, it's, there's a lot more going on spiritually than just putting out a fire. You're interacting with something that is, um, it has a lot to teach you. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it does. I mean, we have even programs that take, you know, disadvantaged youth and puts them out in the woods for a month and then they come back and they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go do college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to stop fucking up in school. You know, there's something very powerful about being a part of that and getting that flow state in nature. It's like you said earlier with the guy who's just hiking up this steep, shitty mountain and he's just the happiest person ever. <laughs> That's like a flow state in itself. Right. And flow state's so important. And I think that's really the ultimate, like in state of, of peak performance is getting into that flow state. And for me, like when I hit flow state, the best is snowboarding, like some crazy powder run bowl. It's just like, 
like I know in flow state when I start drooling, like that's my convincer that I know like it's that good. Right. And so the flow state is so powerful because we really are expanding our consciousness to a whole nother level because there's no thoughts, there's no feelings or nothing. You're like completely immersed into the environment. And to me, it's like when you're a sawyer and you've been cutting for a while, there's not even a chainsaw. It's just there. It's an extension of your body. Just like a samurai, you're using that chain to cut through wood. That's just an extension of yourself. And that's like flow state, right? That's a whole nother level. Yeah, no, it is definitely a whole nother level. And I used to be a pretty, uh, big into snowboarding. And that's like the last time I've really truly experienced a flow state, except for on the fire line when you're like punching a gnarly hose lay or digging line or maybe cutting a tree. Yeah. That's we, we have the opportunity to experience those flow states even at work. I don't even know if we are consciously aware that we're in it though. Yeah. And that's what's so, so the, my book Awaken by heart fire, like it took so long to really parse out all these, all these steps that, um, that I was doing to get into flow state. And it was so interesting to like break down, what are we actually doing in the wildland fire environment to get into that flow state and to like connect to like, to, cause we have to be at peak performance a lot of times. Like when you're out there on like, especially hand crews, like you gotta be on point and to get there, you gotta be at flow state. So it's just so, I, I think we're at flow state a lot more than most human beings. And I think that's why I always like, I always refer to wildland firefighters as super athletes because we are like our bodies and minds are pushed to a level that's like actually fringe science. And that's the way I see it. That's a good term for it. Fringe science. Cause we're, we, I mean, if you look at it though, it's accurate because we are outliers as far as the general population. Absolutely. And there's, there's so many things that are similar to other fields, you know, but what we do is so specific and so ancient. I mean, think about the way I always think about this, like as a crew boss, you know, it's like, I'm asking 20 people to go up into the mountains with nothing but an ax and a chainsaw and put out a fire. Like what the f- <laughs> that's insane. Like that's truly insane in 2020. Like, but that's what we do. Yeah. And we're like cheering to do it and we're getting paid nothing to do it. And it it's just, it, it's just crazy to me that it's, it's powerful, man. We're, we're outliers for sure. Yeah, there's something to be said about you know, doing hard work, extremely excruciatingly physical labor, and then having that sunset and you know, watch over the fire and it's just, just beautiful, man. It's these places are like untouched by humanity. So it's totally understandable why we do it for so little because the personal value that the, the personal wealth that you take from those experiences, I think is much more valuable than money, even though that doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's, you know, that's why I'm so committed to the community too. And just helping as many wildland firefighters because they're just the best people I know, man. They are the protectors of, of our ecosystems of, of our subdivisions now. Right. And it's just protectors of our land. And it's, it's such a, an amazing contribution to society that nobody even really sees. Yeah. But there's also that downfall on the other side of that to where it can become your own echo chamber. And I know I'm 100% guilty about that. I, I, I can't talk to just random people. I, have nothing in common with them. So still to this day, and I've been out of fire for a year, I still have a hard time talking to the general public because I don't know, it just they don't connect on that same level as I do with like a fellow wildland firefighter. Absolutely. That's the, you know, instant report that we all have just like uh, the military. I think it's very similar in that respect. Like, like we have a general idea of what you've been through, through your career. Like, 
it's, it's just there, the rapport, the friendship is just instant. Like we know each other. Right. And it's just, it's just a beautiful thing to have. And it's really hard to find that with, with other people. I agree. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I'm calling for the skeptics out there listening to this podcast to give this a try. Oh man. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and honestly, the, the transformations of this work is just, it's so powerful to see people overcome what's holding them back and just start, just start cranking out what they want in life. I mean, whatever goals you want, whatever you want to do in life, you can do it. And it's just the past stuff has got to be dealt with first. Oh, absolutely, man. Healing. It's healing. I mean, it's an ongoing process, like you were saying. Absolutely. It's definitely a, you know, it, it take me a long time to really like process this and, and honor this, but I feel like, um, you know, in high school, I've thought about like, I wanted to be acupuncture so bad and I don't really remember what happened. I just was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm a firefighter now. Um, and so I really don't remember what happened there, but just recently it's like, you know what, I am doing the same healing as an acupuncturist or a holistic, like Reiki master, or, um, even a massage therapist, but I'm using words. And that, that is so powerful that I'm using words to change somebody's neurology in a way that empowers them. And that like, writing is super important to me. That's a very critical thing in my life. I have to be writing. And the fact that I get to use words to heal people, it's just like, it's a dream come true. It's like icing on the cake. Well, well speaking of writing, you have a book out. Let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, I have, uh, I have three books published. I've got overcome anxiety, like a hero, um, which is really a hero's journey of like how to overcome anxiety and how to manage anxiety. Um, and that was, it's a pretty good book. You know, I really like it. The Awakened by Heartfire is really deep. It goes into my like personal story and, and like connecting with your higher self and your heart center and connecting with something spiritual. And I call it the infinity fire um, to really like get away from religion and all that stuff or even ancient teachings. It's more like how are we going to connect with with uh, like this ancient wisdom, this ancient light that can heal us and stepping into your own light. Um, that book is very deep and very spiritual. That's, um, you know, if, if your open-mindedness is like a one or two, like you may not be into it, but if you're like a seven or nine, you're going to love it. Um, I also just published a really short ebook, like why science likes you. And that's all about quantum mechanics, uh, sacred geometry and consciousness. And, um, I have a book that I'm working on right now that I'm super excited about. It's called, um, six minutes for excellence, um, leadership mindset, peak performance. And it's really like that play on words there. Six minutes for safety, six minutes for excellence. Oh yeah. It's going to be, um, it's going to be amazing, man. And it's really a guidebook to, to this stuff in a wild and fire context with like, how do you get your mindset right in wild and fire? Like peak performance is all, you know, nutrition, fitness, um, NLP hypnosis for peak performance and the leadership. I really focus on like, you know, there's major caliber people like Jocko and all that stuff. And I don't want to take away from them. It's more like we got to go internal. We got to go inside ourselves to be a good leader and be like right with ourselves. And that's where the, the emotional and, and actual release of emotions really helps us become such a better leader because we're not reacting. We're not triggered. We're not like, so on edge when we're leading people that and people are going to follow you so much better when you're actually congruent. So this book is like, it's huge. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a class as well. And, and I, the end state for me is I want these concepts, you know, leadership, peak performance and mindset to be like a 
firefighter one type level class. That's, that's, you know, I really do want to get this into NWCG level as far as being a supplement to, to what we're doing. No, I, I highly agree with you. And actually, uh, to reflect on that and to reaffirm that is, uh, when I was on Redmond hotshots, we did a big personality, uh, I guess, breakdown with Duncan leadership associates. Um, we also were required to do a study on emotional intelligence 2.0, the book and that emotional intelligence, which you are referring to and with your new book as well, man, that's super critical, especially when you want to lead people effectively. It's not about how we react it, or we can't control what happens, but we can control how we react. Right. Absolutely. And, and in this book as well, in the leadership, there's a whole chapter of leadership language. And I really teach the reader, like how to use NLP, like the linguistics part of it to be a leader in that, you know, as a leader, you're selling your ideas and yeah. that's like your primary job. And that the way you sell things is that you first, you build rapport with somebody like really well, like, okay, now we're flowing. Like we're friends. We can feel that. And then next year, you're really using their language in a way that makes them feel comfortable. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're using your, their language, their keywords, their, you know, a good example is like, if they're saying, I see, like, I see the fire. Then you're going to start using more visual terms. You're going to start using their keywords and speaking to them in a way that like, it just makes them like, you can just influence them in a whole nother way. That's like a, we can sell your ideas and so much easier. So when we talk about like divisions going out there to operations, like, Hey man, this operation isn't working. We need to reassess. Like, well, let's use some leadership language and some NLP techniques. And the next, next thing you know, that operations chiefs can be like, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. That whole visualizing storming, norming, forming or storming, forming, norming. Yeah. That, that definitely plays into pretty much every operational shift. Yeah. Right. I like right. it, man. Yeah. So I'm so excited about this book and, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an editing, it's got some, it's going through a copyright filter. It's going through some stuff right now. So I'm hoping like definitely before fire season starts, it's going to be out. Um, but I'm hoping like January, February is going to be when that book is out. So I'm, I'm super stoked. And really the idea is there is going to be six minutes of excellence on my website every day for like six minutes for mindset, like six minutes for peak performance. And, you know, crews can go out there and pull that up and be like, Oh man, we should like seriously try this and look at this and like, yeah, it's, it's a plan of words for a reason. It's, it's going to be widespread. That's awesome, man. And I hope it takes off and it has wild success. Speaking of success, man, you also have a podcast as well. Where can we find that? Yeah. Sacred ancestry. You know, it's, um, it's really, it's kind of like a Joe Rogan in a way, but it's, it's for me, it's like hobby. It's total hobby. So we go anywhere I want to super open. I mostly interview coaches like wellness coaches. I interview wildland firefighters, authors, um, entrepreneurs. Um, but we really go all over the place as far as there's no real, um, sideboards of, of the podcast. Um, but you can find that on Stitcher on iHeartRadio, pretty much everything, Spotify, iTunes, it's out there. And I'll be starting recording my season two next week. So I'm super stoked. It's just jam packed with amazing people. The first part of the season is going to be a ton of master practitioners from my class. And we're just going to just nerd out on NLP stuff. And it, it you know, take a listen, man. It's going to be great. Hell yeah, man. And uh, speaking of which, where can we find all of this? So all this stuff will be uh, mountain mind tricks and uh, you know, it, it's, it's a full spectrum website. You'll find everything you ever want to know about me on there. As far as um, you know, if you want to book a free discovery session and just see like where you're at, what can we work on? Um, you know, otherwise, you know, there's a couple of free books on there. There's um, 
There's leadership, peak performance mindset stuff. Also explains what a breakthrough session is a little bit more deeper and all those things. So my stories on there, like there's just a ton of information. So yeah, check out mountain mind tricks, uh, friend me on Facebook, Thomas and worm. Um, also my handle on Instagram is mountain mind tricks on uh, Instagram there. So yeah, check it out. Hell yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I got to catch up on it to be quite frank with you. I just finished another book and I've been kind of buried. So you'll be, yeah. Mr. John Norris was on the show the other day and uh, just Very finished nice. up his book, but I'm probably going to pick up yours next. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome, man. Hell yeah, man. So at the end of the show, I always like to give the opportunity for you to give a shout out to a homie hero mentor. Who do you got? It could be multiple. <laughs> Oh man, I really want to shout out to uh, Engine Three Thirty One and in, in uh, on the Enyo. I had just an amazing detail with those guys, such an amazing crew, and it's just like such a capstone to my career. It's just like I'll always remember, always remember all those guys and and just love all of them. So yeah, Engine Three Thirty One, hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, dude, I had an excellent, this was an excellent discussion about the power of the mind, man. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll get this out. I'm stoked. Awesome. Love it, dude. Thank you so much for having me. And, and uh, it's been an amazing, amazing time. And you're welcome on my podcast anytime. Hell yeah, man. I'll definitely uh, show up and uh, do a little episode with you. Sounds like fun. Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> right on, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. And boom, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with our good friend, Thomas Worm with Mountain Mind Tricks. Dude, that was a cool ass episode. Um, I'm always fascinated by how uh, our mind and body are inexorably connected. And I'm all about ways as to hacking it for optimal human performance. It's pretty cool, man. But we talked about a lot today. We talked about the NLP thing. We talked about the... Uh, MER, the power of hypnosis, the power of your mind, I think is the general oversight of this whole episode. And I dug it, man. I love that stuff. And we got, I, and you know, just for the skeptics out there, I mean, don't think it's all woo woo and metaphysical and weird shit that you're like looking at here or listening to. Some of this stuff is very effective. You just got to approach it with an open mind and you got to, um, well, you just got to just take it for what it is and it's unlocking the keys to your own potential definitely powerful stuff, man. The mind is very, very powerful. But with that being said, Thomas, thank you so much for being on the show, man. And uh, I'll definitely, definitely be looking at your podcast and your books and that future book that's coming out. So hopefully have we have you on here again. But as for the rest of you, thank you for listening in. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And last but not least, we got a little special shout out for our sponsors. We got Hotshot Brewery, purveyors of the finest coffee on the west coast for our wildland firefighter community we've got mystery ranch they are the chief supporters of this whole podcast and they have the backbone series and scholarship up and running so make sure you get your foot in the door there we've got manscaped obviously this is geared towards dudes and it is a very practical solution to your manscaping needs so go check them out we got the ass movement yeah, we need to spread the word about burying your turds, man. I'm seeing, I, I, I'm sick. I'm utterly sick of seeing people take dumps on the trail when I'm going fishing and stuff. It sucks. And last but not least, we got the Smoky Generation. Bethany, keep your organization up. I love it. You have the uh, scholarships going right now, or the applications are going to be coming up here. Correction. So keep it going. I love it. And for the rest of you, thank you for listening into the show. Appreciate it. You know the drill. Stay safe, stay savage, peace. Mm -hmm.